Thriving in Singleness, episode 75. This is the Thriving in Singleness podcast, where it's not about surviving, but thriving in this chapter of your life. Here are your hosts, Tom DeLong and Joshua Erickson. Hello and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Singleness. Excited to have you all here with us today. Episode 75, as promised, have some exciting news for you. Some changes coming up for the podcast. Uh, some thoughts that I had in regards to uh, you know, why these changes are coming through and, and what we're doing. So uh, for one, um, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to continue with the podcast uh, as God, I feel, has still called me to do. But having my second born child has made me think a little harder on what do I want the future of this podcast to look like? Uh, am I going to be able to handle it off, hand it off to just one person? Or is it something that I want to build out to have, have more people involved so that way it can carry on as more of a community? And that's, that's a direction that, you know, that Josh and I felt was the right move is to kind of move this more into not just uh, just me and Josh hosting with every episode, but we're bringing on some more hosts so that way if the time comes that I step back from doing the, doing the podcast, uh, which, which I don't personally feel like this is something I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, but I want this to carry on. This conversation still needs to continue. Uh, I still want to make sure the encouragement is out there for people in their singleness as you know they need to... And anybody in their singleness needs to hear the encouragement and and hear like what what God has for them in their singleness. And so, in order for that conversation to continue, uh, we have now brought on two more hosts, and I'm real excited about it. We had them for the last two episodes, so that way they're a little bit more fresh in your mind. So we do have uh, Rachel K, who is a missionary in Kenya right now. So um, as we have her hosting with us, uh, we might struggle with some technical difficulties because she is in Kenya but hey she's like she's in Kenya doing some doing some cool things in that and then uh, we also have Taylor Sear with us and she's currently a young life leader which I'm super excited about that because of course I had my history in leading young life so um, she's joining us as a host for the podcast so we are going to uh, moving forward somewhat interchangeably have different hosts for different uh, different guests, and we're probably good, for the most part going to have two hosts on each episode. It's just going to kind of kind of move around, change a little bit. But we felt like this is important because we want this conversation to continue. We want this podcast to you know outlive each of us uh, in our in our time of participation in these conversations. So uh, real excited. Uh, this episode, we decided we're going to have all four of us just kind of talk a little bit. We're going to discuss what we've kind of determined to be the five core principles to thriving in singleness. Of course, there's there's so many more aspects of, of things that are important for thriving in singleness, but to keep it simple, uh, to make it simplified, we wanted to talk about the five five core principles to thriving in singleness, why they're important. And so we're just going to kind of dig into each of them one at a time and have a conversation about it. So uh, first off, let's all say hello. How is everybody doing today? Doing well. All right, Taylor. Excellent. And Rachel, how's it going over there in Kenya? 
I'm doing well. It's been a long day, but I'm making it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely a long day. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah, for us it's around noontime, but for you it's it's been a complete day. So mm-hmm. and then uh, Josh, of course, join us for Grand Rapids, Michigan, as always. Josh, how's it hanging up there? I'm doing good. I'm here. I am uh, just uh, inside, not out in the rain. Just it's kind of All a right. gloomy day, so it's good, good to be inside right now. It's a beautiful day to be stuck inside, right? Yep. All right. So first, let's go. I'm going to first say for myself, uh, recap for anybody who might be new to the podcast. Uh, I'm Tom. I started the podcast three years ago almost, and I've just been kind of carrying on. I've, I've been doing this pure out of out of calling, which I feel like is stronger than passion because there's a lot of times I'm the, the passion isn't quite there, but I'm feeling called to do this. I'm feeling called to have these conversations. God really touched my heart in singleness and changed my attitude towards that before I met my wife. I do speak in singleness from a hindsight perspective. I did go through the struggles. I didn't go through all the struggles as as many of my guests have, but that's why I like to have guests. That's why I like to have people sharing, you know, what their experience is or was. Um, and so, you know, I brought Josh on as a as a co-host a little while ago. He shares that hindsight perspective. And so now I'm the only one in the podcast that's married. Uh, besides this, you know, I've been married almost uh, almost 10 years now, coming up next June. And, and I also help my local youth group uh, at my church, and I like to help with that. And I also have to make sure I don't have my hands in too many pots. So I have to be sensitive to making sure I'm taking care of my number one ministry, which is my family. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at. So, um, Josh, give us a quick synopsis uh, in in a say a minute or less about yeah. what's going on with you and and your ministry, and then we'll we'll jump to Taylor, and then we'll go to Rachel. Yeah. So for me, you know, God's kind of really just stirred my heart for singleness, growing up in church and being single. You know, I'm 33 now, still single. But really, when I kind of concluded my 20s, um, God really stirred my heart in how to be healthy and single. And uh, out of that, I wrote a book called Sincerely Singleness. And God just really opened doors. And that's how I got connected with you and in the podcast. And just really kind of seeing, you know, we need to have these conversations around singleness. And, I, you know, kind of we, you know, one of our, a teaser on our core principles, but community. Um, and even mm-hmm. the direction we're going in this podcast is community based and God wants to have these conversations in community. He wants it not to be, you know, isolated, you know, you know, we shouldn't be isolated as single people and we shouldn't be solely focused on singleness. We should be focused on health as individuals and with one another. Um, so, so much that God's done in my life over the, um, especially the last probably four years. And it's just exciting to see kind of what he's done, what he's doing. He's always doing something in me. He's always showing me stuff, areas of growth while I'm single. Um, and it's not because I'm single, but he's placed me here and he's, it's, it's kind of like, this is how God wants me to grow. Um, I'm not stuck being single. I'm not, you know, being punished for being single, but God has a specific plan for me and it, it involves singleness. And I would definitely say that is not the way I would have wanted it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's still a struggle. It's still something, you know, as Tom was saying, that I, I can speak from in the present time in my life and the stuff I'm going through. But it's exciting to see uh, this podcast continue to grow and, and have conversation with other people who are walking it out in different different ways. And um, I'm really excited for these 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 changes because community, this, is go- this has to exist beyond me and Tom. And mm-hmm. because it's not our, it is a part of, you know, what God's put on our heart, but it's God's heart. It's not our heart. We didn't come up with it. This is what God has shown us. Um, and it's cool to see how God's going to um, make it his own 
through through all of this and this is an exciting step towards that awesome. all right yeah same similar situation i have been involved with church most of my life ministries i also have a podcast i started three years ago just very felt called to share the things that god has put on my heart but another teaser to our core principles, identity has been a huge thing that God <laughs> has spoken to in my life. And I'm super, super passionate about continuing to dive into that, but also sharing the ways that God has taught me to help other people find their identity. Because as we're single and we're figuring out what brings us worth and value, a lot of times we find that in other people and it's not always the most healthy way. And so I'm super excited and thank you both for praying and including me and deciding to bring me onto the team. Cause I'm, I'm just excited to see what the Lord's going to do through the conversations, through the guests that we're going to have on and through each of our perspectives in singleness, because it's the reality for a lot of people on earth right now. And I, it's a conversation yeah. again that just needs to be had and continue to be have. And um, yeah, I'm super stoked. So thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so likewise, I'm also very um, just happy and feeling very honored and blessed to be part of this conversation. Um, just to give you a little bit of background on me, I was born and raised in the U.S. Um, my parents are from Africa, but grew up in the U.S. And about almost three years ago now, I felt the Lord just stirring my heart for unreached people and unreached people groups. And I began to explore some opportunities and missions, and I found a job opportunity in Kenya which was involved teaching, which is what I did in the States. I was a high school French teacher. I'm still a high school French teacher. I also teach history. And I was initially hesitant, but I was like, you know what, let's do it. Um, and I was just very enthusiastic to do something bold for the Lord. And I had done other things that were bold, you know, in worldly ways, you know, not necessarily like, you know, bad ways, but um, I wanted to do something that, you know, was just all in for God. And so about a year and a half ago, I moved to Kenya and I have just been living this life with God ever since. And it's been such a journey. I'm trusting him um, and surrendering my life to him and recognizing that like the plans that I had for my life and what I thought my life would look like has not turned out at all. Um, and that's okay because it's been God's best for me and just continuing to, to surrender and to live how he wants me to live. And definitely a part of that is singleness. Um, you know, on the field, most people on the mission field are married couples, married families. And so where I'm serving, there's maybe eight of us that are single and the other 110-ish people are married. And so um, just realizing, like, what is it like to, to be somebody who's single living in community with predominantly married families? Mm -hmm. And how do I form community in that aspect? And, you know, what does it look like for me to rely on the Lord? And how is the Lord going to provide for my needs? And, you know, a lot of these different things I've considered. And so I definitely I'm very excited to get into this conversation um, and to bring that perspective into it too. Excellent. Yeah. I think we're, we're so well-rounded. I mean, uh, going almost three years of just guys running this podcast, which it's kind of, kind of different we're, it's, it's typically um, a female saturated field uh, conversation. I think it's important to have, have everybody talking about it really. Mm -hmm. And now that we've got some, some girls on the, podcast hosting team it's it's gonna be cool just all the conversations we're gonna have and it's going to you know really increase uh you know the the diversified opinions and you know the different perspectives and i think that's just really cool and really important so yeah we can we can go ahead and we're gonna dig into the five core principles of thriving and singleness which i mean it's so hard not to 
talk about singleness without bringing them up anyways, as, as it was mentioned. So, mm-hmm. you know, number one, uh, we felt we wanted to first address is identity. Um, I, and I have these in a specific order, which I feel like, you know, they each kind of blend into the other. I, I've thought long and hard about all of these. And so first one being identity is, you know, if uh, your identity, if your identity is not in Christ, you know, that that's going to change a lot of things as far as, you know, the conversations, because everything that we're going to talk about, all the other important aspects of thriving and singleness involve being a being a Christian and trusting God with it. Otherwise, I mean, if if your identity is not in Christ, you're kind of on your own, right? So there, there's not going to be nearly as much in that, and your purpose for seeking a spouse is going to look a lot different. So, I mean, wh- what are your guys' thoughts when it comes to identity and that being one of the core principles of thriving singleness? Why is it, why is it important? Yeah, I think it's important because if you don't know who you are, the world is going to try to tell you who you are. And the world mm-hmm. is going to try to give you metrics like, you know, your work is who you are. Uh, your relationship mm-hmm. status is who you are. Um, your race is who you are. Your sexual orientation, all those things, that's who you are. But, you know, ultimately, like, who does the, who does God say you are? What does the gospel say mm-hmm. about you? That you are a child of God, that you are chosen, redeemed, loved, restored, transformed, healed, all these things. And so I think if you don't have your identity really settled and rooted in Christ, other people are going to try to tell you who or what you should be. And that's all going to ultimately take you away from who you're supposed to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think with relationships, so if you're looking at singleness in compare, you know, in, uh, you know, relation to relationships, um, if you don't know who you are, then your relationships are always going to be less than they can be because you're going to try to be someone else. Like the best relationships are when two people are fully confident in who they are as individuals and they can share in in that with one another, right? They can say, hey, this is who God created me to be. This is who God created you to be. Let's like just share in the community, um, the closeness of relationship that God created us for. But when you don't have your identity, you see so much conflict because people try to put the weight on the other person to fulfill them and to complete them and to, to say, Oh, I, I don't feel like myself because you're not treating me a certain way. Like we, it, it, it's such a foundational piece to having healthy relationships is knowing who you are being confident because then other people can't shake the foundation. Um, mm-hmm. And when your foundation feels shaken, when you feel like maybe your identity is, you know, someone treats you different that maybe you've really put your identity in, well, then what happens is you start to just kind of treat other relate. It's just everything starts falling apart when your identity is found in things other than Christ. Absolutely. And I think for the first one, you know, I, I was also kind of initially thinking the core principle of, of just having a strong relationship with Christ. But, you know, identity envelopes that in a way where it's like you need to be identified with Christ. And part of that is, you know, knowing Christ, spending time with Christ. And also just like, you know, if, if you're trusting God in your singleness, you got to know who it is you're trusting, you know, and you need to, your, your identity needs to be, you know, in Christ, you know, he, he is our identity. And so it, it's like, if you don't have that strong relationship, if you don't have that strong identity, like, how are you supposed to trust somebody you don't know? You know, so that's definitely like an important part of that. I think the only thing I would add um, is just that 
I've noticed in my own life, everything that I've ever put my identity in other than Christ, when that thing was taken away or when that thing failed to show up or that person, I had to then recreate my identity again and figure out who I was, so to speak, again, over and over. And it's tiring, it's exhausting, and you don't actually ever know who you are. Um, And it's just very... I guess tiring is just the best word that I can I can use to describe it. And so like you've all mentioned, having our identities in Christ, because he doesn't change, because he says, I am the same yesterday, today and forever. We have a rock that we can build ourselves on so that no matter what life looks like, whether we're single, they're married. And when trials and tribulations come, we're able to stand on. I know who I am. I know who has me. I know who holds my tomorrow. And it it makes life feel feel more fulfilled because it is more fulfilling. Yeah. And in our recent episode, I know we talked a little bit about anxiety and like, you know, is your identity in, in anxiety? Like, is that how you identify? Like I, I identify as a person who struggles with anxiety. Like, do you want that to be your identity? Because that's going to be something you're going to continue struggling with. You know, right. you, we all need to be identified in Christ. That's like super important in that. So yeah, definitely some, some excellent points there. So with your identity and identifying in Christ, you know, the second core principle that we have that we want to bring up is purpose and finding your purpose. We've had a lot of conversations previously on the podcast about purpose, and we feel like that's really a core principle. And so, you know, first finding your identity and being identified in the Lord, but but then finding your purpose, you know, what purpose has the Lord given you in your life? So, you know, what do your guys, what do you guys think about purpose when it comes to thriving singleness, why that's important to know your purpose and live out your purpose in thriving in singleness. The first thing that came to my mind was uh, Romans 12 two, where it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you mm-hmm. may be able to test what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. And the first part of that is what you can find when you realize who you are. You're like, wait, I'm a child of God. Christ dwells in me through the Holy Spirit. Okay, great. Now I'm going to see the difference between the world and what God calls me to just in general as a Christian or as a child. And then my thoughts are going to start transforming. My my desires are going to start changing. And that's going to align me with what God wants me to do first and foremost, just as obedience. Because I think sometimes we get mm-hmm. so caught up in like, what's God's will for my life? What, what does he yeah. want me to do? It's like, well, he has very basic principles to begin with of just... Mm-hmm love God and love other people and let him transform you. And then it says, after we got that part figured out, then he, we're going to be able to test the other things, the the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. And so I think purpose has two, two points to it. What is my purpose as a Christian slash child of God? But what is like mm-hmm. Taylor's purpose? What does God put me on this earth to do and to accomplish? And I think, you know, as we start thinking about these things and looking into them, God will, God will show us and, as we walk in obedience to what he's already called us to do written in his word, the rest will come. Yeah. And I think there's, there's like the ultimate purpose in our life. And then there's also uh, a purpose that, that continues to change. I mean, when Mm -hmm. I was, when I was single and, and I found a lot of purpose in leading young life, like Taylor's doing right now. And, and I, I knew what I was doing was important. I knew it mattered. And I, I had, like so much satisfaction knowing that I was doing what God wanted me to right then at that time. And there, there's a, a great peace that comes with knowing that you are fulfilling your purpose. 
And otherwise, I mean, it's, I, I feel like it's easy to just get caught up with, you know, just, just working and staying busy and then, you know, Netflix and veg out, like, like, where's the purpose in that? And yeah. especially in singleness, like, you know, singleness is tough. You, you have to take on like every aspect of, of how you're thriving in singleness in order to really maximize it. Like there's, there's a lot of good stuff in there and so many people are missing out. And that's what I hate to see. Like, you know, from the hindsight perspective of, of in marriage, it's like, don't, don't waste your singleness. Like, don't just like wait for somebody to come along and make your life exciting. Like be an exciting person, go find your purpose. And that, that makes, that makes life a lot more exciting when you're living out your purpose. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree on that one, Rachel? Yeah, absolutely. I think a part <laughs> of me used to think like, you know, when I get married, like you're saying, when I get married, like that's when like the real stuff starts. Like all this is just preparation. Yeah. But like, no, your life starts like at birth and then you just keep going from there. <laughs> and, you know, you have the ability to lean into God's purpose for you from the get go, from the onset. Yeah. And you don't need to rely on anybody else to necessarily find that. You just need to be rooted in Christ and be rooted in his word. Like Taylor was saying, like, know that like your first and foremost duty as a child of God is to bring um, light to his name and to tell other people about who he is. You know, the great commission says, go out into all the world, you know, and tell other people who I am, you know, baptize them in the name of the father, the son and the Holy spirit. And so I think like, it's really important, especially as singles that we don't let ourselves get into this mentality of, you know, I can't live my life. I can't do X, Y, Z until I have a spouse. Like, no, you can do it today if the Lord is calling you to do that. Um, and that I think that, you know, like you're saying, purpose can change. There was a time when my purpose was teaching at a public high school in Houston. And I loved that. And I really believe that God used me there. And I really believe God is using me here in Kenya. And so that purpose has shifted. Uh -huh. But the ultimate purpose of bringing glory to his name and, you know, telling other people about him has not. And so it's also been, you know, interesting in my life just to see how God, like, continues to pivot and shift and redirect me. But, like, also, like, keep this central focus of him, you know, at the core of everything that I'm doing. It's interesting with purpose as a single person. Um, what I found is because pur purpose in relationships is such a, you know, common thing in life, right? Like, uh, you know, marriage, you know, there's a lot of purpose in marriage. There's a lot of purpose in, in having kids and raising them. But that's not the only big, that's not like, there's more areas of purpose out there. Um, and I think with single, being single, what you find is God's kind of forcing you to find purpose in areas that maybe the culture or other people don't find purpose in. And, and even for me, I've found that I can only be healthy as a single person when I'm focused on my daily purpose. Um, because it's really hard to look at future purpose. Sometimes it's very hard to look at, you know, you know, in comparison to it's like, well, this person looks like they have a lot of purpose because this is what they're doing in their day to day, or, you know, they're spending their weekend with their family, whatever it may be. And God's really shown me that I need to focus on what he's put in front of me every day. And that, if you don't have that as a single person, this is a core principle because if you don't have purpose, you're going to struggle. You're going yeah. to want a relationship. You're going to try to pour yourself into your job. You're going to do a whole bunch of uh, things that are going to try to, you know, well, first of all, if you find your purpose in those things, then you'll eventually find your identity in those things. And then mm -hmm. it starts falling apart. And, mm. and yeah, purpose is huge. And what I found is it's not just maybe bigger life purpose things of, 
you know, this is, these are my relationships. This is, you know, kind of what God's put in front of me. These are my ministries. It's the day-to-day. God cares so much about your day-to-day purpose of what he's put you on earth to do today. And I think God's really shown me over the years that he has a purpose today for me. And there is um, fulfillment in that, not just what I think my week looks like, what my year looks like. It's really just uh, today. There's a lot of power in today and really embracing it and finding what God has for you. Yeah. So something that purpose, I feel, can easily blend into another core principle of thriving in singleness is community. So oftentimes when you are seeking your purpose and you're filling out and you're fulfilling that purpose – you do find community and community is a very important aspect of thriving in singleness where you're, you're surrounding yourself with people who are where you are in life. They're doing the same things in life that you are. And, and it's easy to then have people to to walk through life with you, to encourage you. You want people in your community that are going to encourage you in your spiritual walk, in your growth as a Christian and, you know, in your singleness and, and the struggles that are faced throughout that. And so, you know, I know when I was leading Young Life, I found a lot of community with my fellow Young Life leaders, you know, all going through the same struggles and everything. I'm sure Taylor can resonate with that. And I'm sure Rachel, you've, you've found, you know, community with living in Kenya and the other missionaries that you work with over there. So, you know, what are your thoughts, everybody on community? Oh, I feel like I could say a lot on this. Uh, I could go. talk about this yeah. for a very, very long time because <laughs> community has been instrumental in shaping my faith um, and pointing me towards Christ um, and leading me just deeper in him and deeper into relationship with him. And in Houston, I thought I had pretty good community. I was in like a small group of young adults, well, small group. It was like a Bible class of like 70 people. Um, but I was in that class and in that class I had smaller like, groups of friends and, you know, we would have Bible studies and get together. And if we had issues, I would talk to them about whatever was going on in my life. And then at my school, I had a community with, you know, my teachers, some of them Christian, which was helpful. Um, and just since moving to Kenya and since being in my location, I just feel like I've experienced community on a level I have never experienced. Mm. It is very deep here uh, because we are somewhat isolated. All of us, we live on a campus and um, just the needs, the, the needs that are always popping up, people are able to help others like so easily and in a way that like I've never seen before. Like we have a staff group chat here. And so like if someone needs something, you put it on the staff group chat within like five minutes, somebody has answered your question. Or like I needed like something set up on my TV. I had someone come over and do it for me. Um, in a previous episode, we talked about the mouse in my house and I needed <laughs> mouse trap set up and like students came and did that for me. And like, that's all community. Um, and just people yeah. like the body of Christ acting like the body of Christ and like actually like practically meeting people's physical needs, meeting spiritual mm-hmm. needs. People are always available to pray for you. People will come over and sit with you. And I've had people like just listen to me, but like, cry and pour out my heart um, and all kinds of things. And like all of that has been so, so instrumental in my life. Like I can't even really put into words like how much 
people, especially single people, need community. Uh, you are not meant mm -hmm. to do this life alone. You are not meant yep. to just, you know, be you know one person against the world. Um, you know, Christ designed us to be in community and to rely on each other, and gave us different spiritual gifts um, to to help each other in different ways. And so, when we actually come together in community, I think it's really beautiful. I mean, it just shows the unity of Christ. You know, which is. Oh, Jesus's heart um, was that we would be unified as one, act as one, serve each other. And so I think that, um, yeah, as a single person, you've got to get into Christian community and you've got to be mm -hmm. honest in that community. Be honest about your needs, be vulnerable, share, pour out what's on your heart, let other people support you. And then in, in their time of need, you support them. Um, and in that way, I think you just really honor Christ and you really like get to the heart of what he wants for all of us. Yeah, I think when people say the say the word single, they equate that with alone. And community takes that alone part away because I mean, if you don't have community, you are alone. Like you are, you know, by yourself in this and having having community just it, it makes it so much better. You have people that are doing life with you that are encouraging you that are that are there when when you need someone you know, some encouragement and direction like that's that that is just so important to to have that community. I, I really appreciate you touching on that, Rachel. I always like thinking about things from like a even a historical slash scientific standpoint, because I just love how much science and history proves scripture and proves what what the Bible says. But everything Rachel just said right now is exactly what God intended. He said it's not good for a man to be alone. And all ancient peoples lived in groups. They all lived in tribes. They all lived in whatever it looked like for that specific area of the world. That's how they lived because it was safer. Um, they were able to help each other hunt and provide the physical needs for each other. There's also this like family aspect of things where they enjoyed spending time with each other. And that's just shown over and over and over again. And there's a reason. And I think as we've entered into like the digital age and we're all on social media and we're all on technology, it's kind of taken away from that. Um, and I think even the reason why we we have this podcast thriving in singleness is because there's mm -hmm. been this like interesting approach to even singles. Like what Tom just said, single sometimes is equated as being alone. And that's not the case. Um, we need people and people are able yeah. to come through just like Rachel described in place in ways that we wouldn't experience if we were trying to do life by ourselves. Community and singleness is such an interesting combination because like, you know, again, like Tom said, a lot of times singleness, you equate it to being alone or you, you connected with that. And I think there's times of that. And there's, there's definitely, you know, especially as Christians where God's going to put you in and maybe some times of isolation, but we're not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be alone. And what I found over the years is community might not be something that is always there. But it's always something that God's trying to put in your life. Like I've seen community come and go. Like I guess it's not always the same community. It changes. Community yeah. is it changes. It's, and I think as you get older, especially with singleness, it can be so fluid. Where you're like, oh man, this you know, it's this community one season, this community the next season. You know, but what I you know in that God created the body of Christ as community, right? It is community, the body of Christ to do life together to, you know, we're stronger as, as a body, but being single and having community looks different for everyone. It's definitely a necessity it is a core principle mm -hmm. because 
if purpose is a core principle, you can't have purpose truly without other people. God did not, he created, he didn't just create Adam and leave him there, mm-hmm. right? He created, like, it's more people. He created another person. He, you know, we have this many people in the world because there's purpose in that. There's purpose in being around other people. We've been created for community. And if your purpose is not found with other people, then it's truly not going to be a fulfilling purpose because, like, I, to me, in my opinion, true purpose is only found with, in light of other people because true purpose is found in a selfless situation. And if you're only focused on yourself, you know, then, then you don't have that ability to, to kind of grow in the way that God's intended and sacrifice and reach other people. But yeah, community is a very interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be in, in light of singleness. But again, it builds upon purpose, right? We, you know, we, yeah. we kind of build ad- ad- purpose is built upon identity, but also community is built upon purpose because, you know, you can't really have purpose with the other people in mind because we're not mm-hmm. created here on this earth to just focus on ourselves. Yeah. And I do also want to add, I mean, community is also a, a great way to to meet people you know mm-hmm. in your singleness it's important to you know live your life and and go out and meet people i i am you know i think meeting people online is great using dating apps i think that's great but i don't think it's great if that's your only source i think there should be at least a sense of attempting to just be out there in real life, meeting people, having that community. And when it comes down to it, I met my wife because of community and purpose. And of course, identity with my identity, identity being in Christ. But like, you know, I had community with Young Life and I found a lot of purpose in, in leading Young Life and doing Young Life. And I met my wife. She wasn't a Young Life leader, but I met her through a friend that he was one of my first Young Life guys. And, you know, he had her join us on, on one night uh, out in town celebrating a friend's birthday. And, and that's how I met my wife. I, I met her because I followed the Lord in seeking my purpose and where God wanted me right then. And I had community with the people that I had that purpose with. Uh, this is one of my old Young Life guys. He, he went from being one of my young life, ki- young life Kids to being part of my community. He was one of the guys that I spent time with, that I hung out with, that we, we, we still walked through life together. And I ended up meeting my wife through that. So, you know, these things are important, not just for, you know, for, uh, you know, doing your single life life well, like it's so important for that. But, you know, there's, there's incredible people you meet along the way. You might meet your spouse that way, or you might meet some incredible lifelong friends that go through life with you that way. And that's why, you know, those are, those are so important to be, you know, going through and, and, and doing community. And also, and I do want to add, like, you know, if you don't have a good community, find one. For for one, make sure you're finding your purpose and finding what God's purpose for you is right now and and ideally find community within that. But if you don't have community, find one. If your church doesn't have community, find a church that does. Or if you are able to create community within that church, create a, a life group, a small group, a young adults group in your church if it doesn't have one, but I'm, I'm 100% an advocate of like, if, if you're not finding community in your church, like that's important. It's okay to go find another church. Even if, even if you're just part of that community, you just go to the young adults group, but you stay going to your church. That's okay too. Like, don't, don't feel like you have to be like 100% committed to your church. You stay committed to the Lord and your, your church should be providing community. You should be able to find, find a church that is able to, you know, find 
like to have community. But if, if you're not a community, like get out there and find that. But uh, yeah, next I want to move into the fourth core principle, which is purity. And with purity, you know, that kind of blends in with the others where, you know, purity is tough, especially in the world that we live in, where sex is thrown out everywhere. It's indicated that it's just supposed to be this casual, non-relationship thing that it's just recreational as the world looks at at this point. And we need to live our lives purely. We need to make sure we're pure in every aspect of our lives. And having community allows us to remain accountable, have people that are able to help us to remain pure. And that's where, you know, those two kind of blend together, where having that community allows you to, uh, helps you to be more pure, allows you to, you know, not just be living your life alone and, and being completely lonely, lonely in your singleness. So, uh, you know, what would you guys like to add on when it comes to, purity being a core principle and thriving in singleness i would say that um you know it talks about in the bible how your like in a sense like sexual morality or all that you're sinning against your own body like you are mm -hmm. it is detrimental to you as a person if purity yeah. is not something that you walk out yeah um, it will affect every area of your life it will affect the principles before community purpose and identity your purity is a part of is a vital part of who you are as a person. That's why I think we look in culture how sexuality and your sexual identity is such a hot topic because it's so much a part of of your identity. It's so much part of who you are as a person. Um, and as Christians, if we're not walking out in purity, we are probably not walking out self-control through the Spirit. We're not doing things that God's called us to do and trying to pursue to become that person he's called us to be. Um, and also purity at the core of it is part of being selfless. It's part of not focusing on, on what you want all the time, your desires and in the, the, your flesh. Um, but it's also putting other people first and, and treating them the way God intended you to treat them. Right. It talks about in the Bible, how, how to look at other Christians, you know, you know, it talks about, you know, looking up at them as pretty much your sibling, like in a very pure way to not in a sense, sexualize every person you see and, and not kind of in the sense, go the direction of the world. And at its core, healthy individuals walk in purity because healthy relationships are at the at their core, based in in purity, not just in sexuality, but also you know purity is 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 more than that too. It's it's looking at people in a in a godly way and and not treating them as lesser than yourself, right? It, there's more than that because it talks about you know think upon what is pure, what is lovely, what is good, like. It, it's a deeper topic, but we are such an over-sexualized culture that purity and sexual purity is so important because it's we can see the result when we just throw it to the wayside and say everything goes. Um, but as Christians, we are called to walk in purity, um, not just for purity's sake, but because it's so much of a core part of being a healthy, God-seeking Christian, of mm -hmm. self-control, of you know, a whole bunch of things that go with it. Um, and you can't really walk out being healthy as a single person without walking in purity. Um, mm -hmm. Same thing in marriage, but it's definitely a core core principle in, in singleness. Yeah. I mean, the habits you build in your singleness are going to carry over into a relationship and they carry over into a marriage. And that's where it's so important to, to work on this in your singleness. 
that's the best time to be working on, you know, making sure that you are living, walking in a pure life. And, and it's so important because that, that hurt, that pain that results from it, it can, it can really cause long-term damage. And we, we underestimate how much damage it can actually cause. I mean, you know, all the, all those small things can, can surmount to a, a compounding effect that results in, you know, a terrible outcome that is experienced from that. And, you know, and, and it says in the Bible, like, you know, uh, like Josh mentioned, it's, it's a sin against yourself. And it really is. I mean, because you're, you're taking away so much of what God designed and you're going to be the one that's going to be directly facing the hurt and the pain that comes from not following along with God's, God's rules, the, the guidelines that he set out for us. So, you know, that's where it, where it really comes, comes back to hurt. So I want to jump into. Did you? Uh, did well, you guys I have feel we got to get there. We got to get their thoughts on this. You can't just have two. <laughs> yeah, guys yeah. Period. I, I didn't so, want to bypass. But I, was, I was like silence. Uh, okay, I'll move nope. to the next one. So we're not moving All right. on. <laughs> All right. So like, um, so like Taylor, Rachel, do you have any thoughts when it comes to you know purity and, and that being a core aspect of thriving in singleness, coming from a girl's perspective? Um, I think for me, it starts really in going to the foundations of am I being pure in heart mm -hmm. and what are my intentions when I'm having friendships with guys or even friendships with girls, you know, like we have to ask what are, what are the motivations of my heart? What are my motivations when I'm approaching God? Um, am I pure in that? And I think a lot of times we approach our sexuality be in a twisted way or in a uh, impure way, because at the core of what we're thinking and what our motivations are, we're not being pure. And so going to the root of who we are and really asking God to help us pull out any roots of impurity is where it starts. Um, and that's what I've noticed for myself. And that's why I love that you put this at number four, because they all build on each other. When I didn't know who I was, I noticed myself wanting to go to guys more to tell me who I was um, mm -hmm. and finding yeah. my purpose in my relationships because I was, taking care of these guys or whatever you want to say, like whatever mm -hmm. twisted way my brain came up with to come um, to excuse what those relationships that were not unequally yoked and then community. Mm -hmm. I didn't have people who I was being honest and vulnerable with to call me out when I was making dumb decisions. Um, and so it ended up with situations that I could have avoided, but my intentions weren't pure, you know, my heart wasn't pure of genuinely wanting to know what God had to say about me and what um, he wanted for my life. It was, well, I kind of want his will and I kind of want mine. So mm -hmm. I would just add, you know, we have, we have to go to the root of purity and ask ourselves where are even our hearts impure or our minds impure and ask the Lord to work on that in our singleness. Cause it won't get better just cause you get married. Like just cause you get married, mm -hmm. your impure thoughts and your impure motivations aren't just going to disappear if anything they're yep. going to be exposed and have the potential to get worse because now this person is stuck with you so to speak so and, and causing more damage like within a within a marriage like you're, you're bringing another person into the the toxicity that you brought into your own life right so like they're they're not going to solve your problems like you know the lustful desires they, they don't escape you just because you got married and because you have you know an outlet outlet so to speak because like that's that's not going to be the answer you can't look at that person as the answer and and you you, know, you have to realize you know they're another person 
they're not always going to, you know, feel ready to be like, they're not always going to be in the mood. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's just the bottom line of it. And so you have to have to accept no as an answer. You can't live your life saying yes, 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 yes to every sinful desire and then expect that that is the answer you're going to get when you marry a person. So you have to be prepared for the no. You have to be exercised to experience the no, to tell yourself no and say, no, now's, now's not the time. No, like I'm not going to do this, this, and, and that's, that's part of, part, part of living it out in, in purity. Cause that is still going to be a major part of your life when you get married. Sorry. You know, it's not just done when you get married. Like it's, it's still something that you have to, to live through, walk through and, and you want to want to do that well. So like when you're married, you're, you're not bringing another person into something that is, that, that should have been resolved in your singleness. I just feel like this is an area in which like the, I think culture has just lied to us, like flat out lied. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the biggest struggles for Christians in their twenties and thirties today. um, is this issue of purity. And like, if you're not living with your boyfriend or girlfriend before you get married, you're doing it wrong. Like if you're not like using your singleness to go hook up with people, you're doing it wrong and just Mm -hmm. do what you feel like doing. Don't let anyone restrict you. Like you're free. You're your own person. You can make your own decisions. Like these are all lies. And a scripture talks about this too how like it may look like freedom, but on the surface, you're actually just a slave to your impulses and to, to your desires yeah. and actually not indulging in your sin. That's true freedom um, because you're, mm-hmm. you're free from your physical cravings, so to speak. And so yeah. I think that this is just such an important issue um, that unfortunately we compromise in many different ways. And, you know, uh, media has made this so normalized in songs and movies and TV shows, you know, sex is just everywhere. And it seems like everybody's doing it. I should be doing it too. It looks like so much fun, but like we've already talked about the damage to yourself. It's, it's just, you know, it's unequivocal. And um, I think that, you know, no one really shows the damage, right? Like you don't like see that in media. You don't really see that too often portrayed, but like, it's just so hurtful and damaging. And, you know, ultimately, you know, it's against God's best for us. You know, it's God's desire that we remain pure if we're not married. And so um, God really knows best. And I think that if as Christians, we need to trust him. And that's, you know, part of faith is trusting that God knows best that he designed us and he designed this world. And so as the designer, as the creator, we should take him at his word. And if he says not to do something, well, he knows best. He knows all of us. He knows the human heart. And so I think that in this way, like, you know, retaining your purity, staying, you know, just staying pure in all things, you know, sexual and, you know, like Taylor was talking about the heart, I think just, you know, keeps you closer to Christ definitely. And like just grounds you more into like what Christ really truly has for you. Yeah. And I feel like we could do a full episode on like each and every one of these. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is so good. Um, One brief thing I want to add on to that, you know, like you're saying, like the world says that, that you should be living with your boyfriend, girlfriend, that you should be having sex before marriage. And, And you know what? Like if you pay attention to what the world is telling you, it is telling, it is telling you everything that is the easy sell. Like, cause it's easy to sell someone on, you should do this right now because it's going to be fun. You're going to enjoy it. And it's, it's only selling you on, on what you're going to get in that very moment. It's not telling you about, you know, the, the terrible, terrible things that sin is going to deliver in the long term spectrum of that, you know, because, you know, we're, we're either a sin to, we're either a slave to sin or a slave to God. And when we choose to be a slave to, to a slave to Christ, 
then we're choosing to follow the guidelines that he put, you know, in life for us that that he has for us. And that's going to produce fantastic long-term results in our lives where when we're slave to sin, we're, we're slave to being addicted to choosing the sin and following the sin, but we're also a slave to the results that come from that sin. We're, we're a slave to the outcomes of our own decisions. When we choose to be a slave to sin, you're going to be slave to one or the other. Do you want to be a slave to, to, to God when, when he has, awesome, incredible outcomes in, in the long term for you that are difficult in the moment to choose what it is that uh, choose against what your body is telling you want, or do you want to be a slave to, to sin when it's, when it's going to just create long-term terrible outcomes? Because so many people, all they know is that like immediate benefit of getting what they wanted in that very moment. They don't know the, the joy that comes with the long-term outcome of following God's order of things. And like, that's incredible. So uh, without taking up too much time on that, I want to jump into surrender and why that's so important. And for one surrender, it's, it's tough. It's something that is going to continue. It's something that it's not always going to happen willingly, but it's something that we should strive to be able to do. We should strive to submit to the Lord in our desires and, you know, submit versus surrender that that's, you know, kind of, in a way interchangeable submit is like actively trying to give this to the Lord. Surrender is like, Lord, I give up. Like, you know, God just like bringing you down to your lowest point. Like he did for me. And I finally surrendered it and trusted him with it. But the fact is, if you're doing all these other things in your singleness, if you're hitting all these points, if your identity is in the Lord, if you are finding your purpose, if you have that community, if you're living a life of purity, it's going to be easier to surrender those desires to the Lord. And that's why we have that as the last one is because like when you're doing those well, it's easier to submit. It's easier to trust the Lord when you, when you're identified with him, when, when you're living out your purpose, when you have community and you know, you're living a pure lifestyle. So, uh, so I'd love to hear the thoughts from, from the other hosts about surrender and, and where that plays in when it comes to thriving and singleness. I think for me, surrender, Rachel kind of talked about it, but it, it boils down to just coming to an understanding of God is the God of the universe. He created me. He designed me. He know he knows what's best for me. He knows the outcome of every decision I could ever make. And he has decided that this for my life is what's best. And learning to trust that is key in surrendering because it's easier to give something to someone that you trust. And mm-hmm. like you said, Tom, like as we're going through these things, as we're learning who Jesus says that we are, we're going to trust him more. As we find our purpose and we see God opening these doors for us in our lives, we're going to trust him more. When we see him showing up through other people, we're going to trust him more. Like they all build on each other and God is going to come through in ways that we probably wouldn't have expected or imagined or thought of. Um, And that is going to make it easier to give something over to him, like the desire to be married or like our frustrations with our singleness, because we can trust that my God is a good God. He's my father. He cares about me. He's not asking me to do something because he wants to suck the fun out of my life, but it's really Mm -hmm. as, as a protection. Whenever I'm talking to my young life kids, I always give them this example of like a car manufacturer. If you spend 500 plus thousand dollars on a Lamborghini, if anybody ever decided to do that, you're not going to take it to a Toyota or a Ford dealership to get worked on because they didn't design mm-hmm. that car. They don't know the depths of the mechanics. They don't understand what cars to that caliber and value 
need to run smoothly and properly. They might get it running sort of, but who knows how long that fix is going to last. And who knows if that's going to end up causing more damage to that car because you put a cheaper piece of equipment or cheap part on a car worth so much more. And so when we go to the Lamborghini dealer, we go to the Lamborghini mechanics, we go to the guys that designed the car that were trained to work on the car in this case is God, he's going to give us exactly what we need to run the race that's been set before us to live the life that he's created us to live and thrive. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's what I think of when, when we talk about surrender. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great analogy, Taylor. And uh, I saw something on Instagram the other day that was like, if you can get in a plane and like trust the pilot, if you can get in a car and like you don't know the driver, if you can get in a boat and you don't know who um, the captain is, why can't you trust that God, you know, that who's in control of everything in the world has your best interest in heart at heart? And why can't you trust God to also direct and steer your life in the way that's best for you? And, you know, ultimately he knows us and, you know, he knows our desires. He knows, you know, like Taylor was saying, what we're, the most fruitful path of our lives. He knows that. And so when we surrender to him, um, then I think that we're able to really live out his best for us. But in order to do that, you've got to know the good father. You've got to know his heart. Like Taylor again was saying, um, like you've got to know that he is for us and not against us, that he loves us, mm-hmm. that it's his heart to protect us. And he really does have a father's heart. He loves his children and he wants what's best for us. And when you know him through spending time in his word, through being in community, through prayer, and you're able to really just get to know who he is, it's just so much easier to trust him. You could start trusting him with with little things and then, you know, with bigger things like singleness, um, one's path for one's life. And um, I think that like true contentment and true happiness is knowing I've laid down my life to Christ. My life is no longer my own, but it's his. I'm living out his will. I'm doing what he wants me to do. And, you know, in that I am actually filling my purpose, right? It all goes back to purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surrendered to him and therefore I'm living out his best for my life. Yeah, this is the sneaky principle out of all of them because it's the thing that can derail your faith the most, especially Mm -hmm. with singleness. If you don't find yourself being able to surrender your desires, your hopes, your dreams to God, then it can derail your faith. It can derail your relationships. It can derail so much because at the core, yeah, this is a core principle of thriving in singleness, but this is a core principle of faith. This is is what the rich young ruler, the – that couldn't give up to, to, to God was he couldn't surrender something he was holding on to. Mm-hmm. There's always stuff in our lives that will stop us from going after God more and more and, and finding all he has for us. And with singleness, it touches, you know, walking in singleness shows that, Hey, I don't have a relationship that I might want. And right there you're faced, you're almost labeled by in a way that says, I don't have something that I maybe greatly desire what do I do with that in that moment? And surrender, again, this is that one that a lot of people try to just get married without having to maybe get to a point of surrender or a point mm-hmm. of, hey, I trust God no matter what he does. But again, this isn't just a singleness issue. This isn't just something that you have to surrender when you're single, not when you're married. Because what happens when you get married, you're going to, if you don't have that habit now, you're going to struggle with it later. Um, and surrender is a key a key point, and we've talked about it much in the, uh, you know, quite a bit in the past. But um, this is that one that God is really focused on. To where's your heart? Does you have a heart of surrender? Do you have a heart of obedience? A heart of um, seeking after Him more than anything else? Yeah, absolutely. And the last last thing I want to tag on to, you know, with the surrender, like when when you surrender, 
like life gets a lot more incredible. Like you are able to trust him more. You're fearless. You, you know, whatever direction that life takes you, it's going to be just so much better. And so when you go to every event there, there's less pressure. You're feeling less pressure because, you know, like God's got this. I don't need to like make sure I'm watching, like finding that significant other. I don't have to be concerned about, you know, uh, you know, will I meet this person? Like, or is this person the one that I'm talking to right now? It takes so much pressure out of that. And it allows you to just go through life without nearly as much stress. And, and it makes life more exciting because when you surrender, it allows you to do things like, you know, lead young life. It allows you to do things like move to Kenya. You know, it, it allows you to do things that you would otherwise be afraid to do because what, what, are gonna, what am I going to miss if I, if I go and do this? You know, so, you know, I think that's so important to surrender. It's going to allow you to, you know, live life more relaxed. I, I can tell you, man, when I surrendered and finally completely trusted the Lord with it, I was so much more excited about whatever direction God had for me in life and whatever he might have for me in that. I was ready to go, you know, whatever direction he had. So uh, I think that's why that's kind of the, kind of the last and most important, but it, it's last because if you're doing all the others well, it makes it easier to uh, to do that surrender. So, um, but yeah, that's that's all we have for you in that. I hope you guys have been able to get a lot out of our conversation and you know apply these five core principles of thriving in singleness to your life so that you can be thriving in singleness. But be sure to continue, you know, like, subscribe, continue listening to our episodes and, you know, hearing from different perspectives, different people on, you know, how what they're doing in their lives and how God has impacted them and the struggles that they're facing. And, you know, really appreciate you joining us along for for all of this. So uh, otherwise, you can definitely come and, uh, you know, you can reach out to us each individually. Uh, You can reach out to me, Tom, at thrivingsingleness.com, Joshua at thrivingsingleness.com. Uh, Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L at thrivingandsingleness.com as well as Taylor at thrivingandsingleness.com. You can reach out to us each individually uh, if you ever wanted to, you know, contact us and you know, and just let us know like what you got going on. We're, ha- we're happy to be in touch with each of you. And also be sure to check out our website, uh, new revamped. It's got some really cool stuff, uh, different resources and ways that you can be thriving in singleness and uh, different information about, you know, each episode and information about each one of us. So be sure to check it out. So we really appreciate you joining us for this episode. It's been a blast talking about this. So in the meantime, be sure to get out there and seize the day, maximize every chapter in your life. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening to the Thriving in Singleness podcast. Look for new episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.